Okay, great. Okay. We'll have some type of reference there. All right. All right. So I off. guess this is just the uh, this is just um our podcast now. Hello to all of our <laughs> listeners. Yeah, uh, so yeah, all, so. all like probably like one of our listeners. Yeah. Hi mom. Hi. And dad. that's that's you. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess so to introduce us. I'm Brendan, and I'm a senior at Duke University, and I'm the current president of the Duke Film Club. And Ooh, Suzo, fancy title. Thank you, Suzo. I'm yeah, I'm Suzo. Uh, I graduated last year, and I was the former president of the Duke Film Club until there was a coup, and Brendan threw me out. <laughs> I'm right now. I'm working in Boston, but you know, we're just two um friends who really love movies, so. We figured we'd start this little podcast to just give us an opportunity to talk to each other about movies. Yeah. Is, is that a good description of what we're doing? I think so, yeah. <laughs> All um, right. And then ideally, because I think what I mentioned at the inception of this this idea was that we would uh, take turns picking movies to watch, but I don't know if that's going to happen yet. I guess we'll see. That's ideally what would happen. but And then we would watch a new movie and then discuss it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, like each of our lives had been so busy and over the last few months, we just kind of like, <laughs> kind of been slacking on, on, on that. We were originally trying to watch um, Magnolia for the, for the first movie, but that didn't work out. And then <laughs> now it's like 2019 and we just really wanted to talk about like, you know, the best of 2018. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. That being said. That being uh, overall, said, what did you think of 2018 in cinema? Um, so I, I guess I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. There wasn't as many like standout movies. Like, to, uh, what was it? Was it 2017 or 2016? When was like Moonlight and La La Land again? 2016. Yeah, there wasn't as many standouts, and even like last year, 2017, with like Call Me by Your Name, Shape of Water, like there wasn't as many of like those standouts. But like I think the general quality of movies I saw in twenty eighteen were pretty high, so I was pretty I was pretty happy with what I've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, uh, I th- I think I feel similar. There haven't been a lot of I don't think there's been a single movie this year that I've really loved. Um, a lot of good ones though, but none that I that really stand out to me. I think it's also been an interesting year, and in, in some other ways, I think uh, to me this was the year where Netflix really exploded onto the the scene of good movies that you should oh, really yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, I know that they've had some others like Beasts of No Nation, but I felt like really sure everybody was watching Netflix movies like Bird Box and things like that. And then also on yeah. the art film wait, wait, side. Wait, wait. Did you watch, did you watch Bird Box yet? <laughs> no, but I know it happens. <laughs> oh man. I, so I watched it the other day and I, I'm going to be honest. I, I like, I did not think it was that great. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think people generally think it's like amazing or anything, but it, it, I think it's a cool concept, but I, Oh yeah, for sure. For the sure. execution wasn't so great, but but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think it's definitely worth the watch as like an an exercise on like figuring out what you should and not, should not include in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm glad they did not include the appearances of the entities because yeah, 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 that, that would have been that bad. was good. Especially if you read about what they were supposed to look like. Apparently, they looked mm-hmm. like these like fat green babies. Oh. or something eh. which yeah <laughs> oh, they actually shot the scene with them and then the director was like we can't include this in the film we can't we're not gonna take, people can't take it seriously and i was like this, this is gonna film. be just way too funny yeah. <laughs> so i thought like i thought it was gonna be like kind of like a quiet place where most of it is set post-apocalypse 
you know, a few months or a few years later, and they're like navigating that space. But no, it's like right after like things hit the wall. And um, it just like, it, it didn't really work for me in that that aspect. Yeah, but then on the flip side, there have been some more interesting, I think, Netflix releases like uh, Private Life, uh, Happy as Lazaro, both films that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, Happy as Lazaro was great. I know, uh, so one of our friends recommended it to us, and I, I think you actually brought it up first, but like I hadn't heard about it until like mid-December when it started just like randomly popping up on everybody's best of the years list. And I was like, okay. So I gave it a watch and I was very pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Yeah, I, I had known about it for a while and I had been meaning to watch it, but I think my friends talking about it was just what gave me the motivation to actually sit down and do it. And yeah, for me, I think the first maybe half hour or so was like a little slow, which is what our friends said. And then it got a little more interesting for me at least. And then I really enjoyed it from there on out. Definitely has an odd quality about it. Yeah, but I think having that, you know, kind of slowness in the beginning really helps set up the the character of Lazaro and, like, his position in the community and then his relationship with the the, Mar- the Marquise, I think. So I think um, that first, like, 30 minutes or that first section really helps establish that to make the ending a little more effective. And then, um, of course, like, Roma with Alfonso Cuaron. That's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so so I heard, like, so I heard Quran actually didn't want it to be on Netflix, but Netflix was, like, the only people who would give him funding to finish the movie, so... That's sad. Yeah, but I'm glad that, despite that, Netflix is giving... Netflix has given the movie a theatrical release. I think it's still important mm-hmm. for yeah. movies to be put in theaters to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. and I, I've only not seen it on the big screen. I've only seen it on my laptop. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was still uh, great. Did you see, like, Quran's comments after, I think it was after the Golden Globes where he was talking about whether or not you should see it on the big screen or on Netflix. And he said, like, on the big screen, you, you should definitely see it on the big screen to get kind of that large effect of the movie. But also, like, it's perfectly fine to watch it on the small screen because it's, like, that intimate setting kind of bringing you closer to, the, to these familial themes and familial ties and, and whatnot. Yeah, I am I I don't like placing restrictions on how somebody should watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if you look at, like, David Lynch, you know, <laughs> you know, his movies are meant to be watched in a very certain specific way. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's okay to believe that, but I don't like when you impress that you know when you press that opinion upon other people yeah like like in the end it's it's like it's kind of about access because you know not all movies are shown everywhere and also like not all places are created equally so i I know like in my hometown like they barely get like some of these indie releases out and even when they do they get them out like four four or five weeks later so like having access to you know these streaming services definitely brings these amazing movies to the viewers much more quickly but i guess uh, so so what 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 are the movies uh did you see i guess now outside of netflix that you quite enjoyed this year okay let me look um so i'm, I'm gonna start off with the, the most uh basic movie uh which is get praise yourself you're not gonna be happy about this avengers infinity war Ugh. um which <laughs> it's it's <laughs> So, I mean, so, okay. 
feel free to judge me, but I'll, I'll just get out of the way so we can get onto more you know interesting mm-hmm. movies to talk about. And I, I enjoyed it. I, I think. I mean, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, so I, I enjoyed the direction the plot took. It got me excited for the next one, and it to me was just a very enjoyable comic book movie, and it, I had a lot of fun watching it. And that's and I, I'm impressed by the. the how they pulled off the kind of gargantuan task of, of managing so many characters, let alone like I, I think it's hard to fully appreciate the amount of work that goes into effects and and you know building sets and things like that. Uh, and yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. And the, the other comic book movie that I think I, I would want to highlight would be uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, have you seen that? Yeah. Oh, I I haven't seen that yet. I'm gonna try and see it this week. Yeah. It, it's so it's it's the animation style is really unique and it was really interesting and vivid and uh it at times it's kind of in a comic book style so there's like dialogue boxes there's like the thing saying you know bam and pow or whatever and it makes some some funny references i think to to spider-man lore to other spider-man movies that i thought were pretty funny um yeah i really enjoyed it i'm not saying either of these films are like really great films but i for popcorn entertainment i think they really I left feeling satisfied. Yeah, no, I've I, I'm really excited to to go see the Into the Spider Verse, um, mainly because I heard the animation style was quite unique. I think like if you go onto like the Disney animated shows, like you know the animation style is pretty much consistent and the same throughout. And to me, animation should be used as an artistic form of expression, and the animation itself, like the more unique to a certain artist it is i think the more enjoyable it is to watch that artist kind of like convey those his ideas on the screen or something like that um but like i guess like i mean i still loved uh i still really liked uh infinity wars i thought it was a really good movie i think um i i'm like i guess like both of us were kind of caught in that area where we, we the two of us we we really really love movies so we really really like love going out and seeing what's available in terms of like indie movies from uh, movies from our favorite directors and and whatnot so like a movie like avengers infinity wars in in one sense just feels like um you know just like a like a money machine trying to like rake in the bucks but that being said i'll give it credit in that i mean despite being like that money machine it does do a good job and being a movie yeah I, I thought i thought it was one of the best marvel movies that has been made um in, in the mcu and I, it felt it was one of the few movies in recent years that has felt like an event where everybody was going to yes. see it kind of yeah there's certain yes. movies that have been made about it. i think that those movies would include uh the force awakens uh the first avengers maybe the last harry potter movie but uh and i just because of the ending i left the theater with like a smile on my face because it ex- ended exactly how i wanted to end and it ended in a way that no other Marvel movie had ended, and so although I know it's not really the end because of Avengers Four, but like it was still fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I we really have to give it give it credit for you know having the only franchise so far that has like set up such a massive world, who's been so consistent throughout like the many movies that they've made so far, and then to bring it all together in this, I think it's it that that's extremely commendable. Because especially especially when you compare it to the mess it is the dc movie universe you know <laughs> and yeah i i have not seen the majority of movie dc movies i think i've only seen man of steel batman v superman and wonder woman so that's like i think it's like half but yeah 
I the other is I, I don't really have much desire to see Aquaman. I think it's it's doing surprisingly well. Um, but I, I've the from the people out whose reviews I follow, they seem to say it's it's a lot of fun, just you know, really really dumb fun because like most of the time it's funny. It's because it's being really absurd. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to be like the second in like in second place. You know, like Marvel came out with all of this trying to build this universe first and then dc came in and started building trying to build this universe and they they tried to like come in and try to do too much too quickly trying to like do all of this but yeah um, and even wonder woman which was pretty well received i I didn't think it was that good but that's i I think they've been after the dc movies have been fairly consistent in quality i I think they just each of them has its own unique set of problems yeah um, yeah yeah. back to animated movies though a movie mm-hmm. that I did like quite a bit, Isle of Dogs. Oh yeah, we went to see that one together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh and man, that, that, was... that feels like ages ago. Yeah, it does. I, I I almost forget that it's this year. You know, like I feel like f- for me, it's like the year starts in the summer, and you start watching the movies of the summer, and you forget all the ones that came out in the spring. <laughs> but yeah, Isle of Dogs was amazing. Um, Wes Anderson is incredible and when he did uh the fantastic mr fox a few years ago that was really good and then so that was why we were all excited to go see isle of dogs as it was going to be another stop motion animated wes anderson movie and it turned out to be just really good and it was beautiful but the the, le- the level of detail put into like each dog is absolutely and uh yeah. i i mean I'm, I'm not a huge wes anderson fan I've, i i tend to like artists whose body of work is at least on the surface a little more diverse i guess and then i i just don't get a lot i I tend to like thematically heavier works and his movies are usually just kind of i guess like fun they're usually kind of these quirky dramedy things uh we've we've talked about this before because you said that you wanted uh because because one of your favorite directors is yorgos lanthimos right yeah and so we who's who we we've described as like or other people have described as like the darker wes anderson and for a while, we considered naming this podcast Wes and Yorgos. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I think that comparison is most accurate for The Lobster, not so much as other movies. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I still enjoy Isle of Dogs. I don't think it was like the best movie of the year. But again, it was like, it's a movie that it, I think deserves a, a second viewing. And, yeah, uh, definitely. It makes me excited to see. I mean, Wes Anderson, as... as Similar as all of his movies are on the surface stylistically, he, he does something new, I think, with each movie, in a sense. And it, I think, you know, next... It, I, I'm not sure if this is true, but I read something that he's planning on doing a, a French musical set after World War II, which I know you'd be very excited for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be absolutely amazing if he did a French musical. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just like his visual style is just so it feels it feels very wes you know like it feels very personal to him so like he it feels like he never really like goes and compromises on on you know his artistic merit and that's kind of why we love him so much uh on the topic of people who will be doing musicals in the future or who want to do musicals in the future at least steve mcqueen mentioned he wanted to do a a musical and move away from some of his darker films uh the movie he made this year which i think we both saw as widows yeah. Um, yeah. Which I enjoyed. It was, it was frankly a, a bit of a letdown for me, though, because Steve McQueen is one of my favorite directors. He, if he made more movies like Shame, I think he'd become my favorite director. But um, 
Widows, it, it felt, it's. I think it certainly is the most accessible movie, but it felt, I guess, a little plain for the most part. I, I like I liked the direction for sure, but I think I think both he and the writer Jillian Flynn have done better work because I, I liked her writing in Gone Girl, whereas this felt more conventional for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. And there, I think it could have used more a longer writing time as well. I think some of the characters weren't as developed as I would have liked them to be. But it was, uh, I mean, it was still a fun movie. And yeah. you know, I would definitely like recommend it. I, I think it's it's not an easy movie to to dislike. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it as well. Um, but I mean, I had the same feeling as you. It was just like a really enjoyable to watch movie, but nothing that like really stood out to me, especially um, this year, you know? I mean, like, I guess like going off the the theme of black led movies and black directors i f- i felt like this this year there were like quite a few great movies that came out with um black led casts and black directors i i can think of two at the top of my head besides widows i'm, I'm gonna see if you're you gonna you name the same ones probably okay okay okay, okay. so one, one of them for me is sorry to bother you yeah that's one of my mm-hmm. favorites of this year um just an absolutely insane and crazy movie but just entertaining and also has i know it i know when we when we talked about it, it we, we were talking about how it's very in your face which it is but I, I i just really really enjoyed it and and the commentary that it gives um the other one i think that you might be thinking of black Klansman. yeah yeah i was yeah. i was actually thinking more of how if Beale street could talk because i i didn't get to see oh, black yeah. Klansman and yet if, and if Beale street could talk oh my gosh i saw that the other day and oh my gosh that movie let's finish sorry to bother you and then we'll yeah, move yeah. on to if Beale street <laughs> i i still haven't seen black Klansman, but we're playing at duke next uh this coming semester this coming semester Fantastic. a later semester so no, we'll I, see it then yeah yeah no i i saw it again um at home i i actually brought it uh borrowed it and showed my family black clansman and i i just really enjoyed it it's um but it enjoyed it in the sense that it's there are funny parts in the movie but also it's a deeply serious movie and also like i think um spike lee just really 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 is able to relate it into our current times and i think that's the he, he does an amazing job of doing that and it it really strikes really really strikes home for 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 a lot of us although i think i think boots riley actually was not a fan of the movie i, I think really he, he had a lot of problems so i, I think i could be wrong i might be misremembering it but i think what he said is he had a problem with the movie using uh, a white policeman as a as a protagonist and painted as the good guy and the hero um, i see mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure about that uh, but so don't take my word for it but yeah so sorry to bother you uh certainly it touches on race, but I'd say even more so than race, it touches on uh, class and capitalism. And, and Boots Riley's pretty liberal uh, in his political views. And I, I just, I, I really enjoyed. It. I, I enjoyed the what I liked the most were the little serial touches. Where, for instance, there's somebody who would say like, "Hi, I'm so and so," but instead of saying his name, his name would get bleeped out. And little things like that were fun. And there were some funny moments. But I think again, it's a, a movie that. It, it wasn't developed enough for me. I, I think the whole side romance thing between his girlfriend and the other guy at work, um, it just felt like it was kind of thrown in there. Like it didn't have much of a point. It was it doesn't it didn't feel explored, and it didn't add much to me. Um, and then uh, if it ended one minute before it did, I would have been really annoyed because it would have it was way too ha- happy of an ending. But then. <laughs> 
thankfully it yeah. didn't end where it did. Um, that the I was it honestly wasn't as weird as I was expecting it to be based on what other people had told me. Maybe it's really? because, maybe it's because I'm just used to seeing a lot of really weird movies and a lot of people <laughs> don't see weird movies. But I was like, I mean, I liked when there's a certain moment where it gets really weird and you're like, yeah, oh damn. And I, I, are, are, I, are we gonna are we gonna decide we're gonna do spoiler talk here or not? I, I feel like or for now we shouldn't. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk now, about it maybe in the future. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we'll get into spoilers in the future. And uh, and I, I just started laughing when that happened. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. Yes, yes, um, yeah. No, I, I, I was um. I, so when I saw the trailers for it, I, I was like super excited once I started seeing the trailers for it. But then um, I was kind of expecting just kind of like a um, Wolf of Wall Street type deal where, you know, he uh, works his way to the top and then gets into like a bunch of debauchery at, at the top. No. I was, it uh, just, yeah, it really I was expecting something a little more surreal. Um, although I got to say, some of the CGI kind of took me out of the movie. It felt, I mean, it, I probably was made on a low budget, but it, it just felt a little too low budget for me at times. But uh, I mean, that, that's not the fault of the movie, really. Um, I, I love the um. So the movie is kind of based off of his um concept album that he developed a few years ago of, about the movie, and I I just love like the story of how he just like ended up coming up and making the movie. Uh, I mean, for me, my, my biggest problem is like I, I I think it was a really interesting way of him expressing his views, but I tend to not be a fan of when movies serve as vehicles for directors expressing their opinions on politics. Um, I prefer it when it's more of a kind of a nuanced explanation of things, and I didn't. I didn't always get the sense of that from the movie. I mean, obviously he's examining class and race, but I think he, he his goal is for you to see it from his point of view rather than for you to come to your own conclusions necessarily, which is debatable. But I, I think it's definitely, it has a very clear, the movie states its, its opinions on certain things very clearly. Which I, I guess that's that, that's definitely like a, a, a point of like personal preference where, where uh, some people like to have a movie that really like where it's a platform for the director to really voice his opinions. And then some people like a more nuanced movie that, that the director really wants you to explore kind of both sides of an issue and then come to your own opinion. But I think both are great methods of um, of make, of making a movie. Yeah, um, and I, I think for me, it was just, it was like a nice build-up, but then it just kind of rushed into the climax a little too quickly for me. And I would have liked a little more build. So again, like if it had twenty more minutes, I think it would have been fine. But yeah, I just didn't, I guess, care enough. I didn't. I didn't. At a certain point, I felt less invested because it was going a little too quickly for me. Um, I see. I see. Do you think that's maybe a problem with? Um, I don't know. So like the second time I watched it, I didn't. I didn't really feel the length hit me hit me that much. I thought like uh, watching it a second time through, uh, I would really feel like the length coming on and like feel it dragging. But it's. I thought it, it ended up being pretty tight. I mean, I agree, like, maybe the first half or first two-thirds of the movie could definitely do a little bit do a little bit of trimming in some things. But overall, I thought it was pretty tight. I mean, to me, I think, I think it was a little too all over the place for me, if anything. And, like, I, I think that could have been resolved by just adding more screen time so that you could develop the side plots in each character a little more. But, yeah, overall, it was, it was still a fun movie. It's still a movie I'd recommend. Um, it's certainly a unique movie. Yeah. Oh, before we before we move on off of this, I think so. Another fantastic black led movie that came out this year uh, is definitely um, Blind Spotting. Um, oh, man, I haven't seen it. I need to see it. It's fantastic. I thought. I think out of all the ones we mentioned, I'd go if Beale Street could talk, Blind Spotting, 
and then figure out what the rest of them are. Like all of them are extremely high caliber films and they've all like made it to my like top of the year movie list. But Blind Spotting is just an incredible movie. I think um it's it's also a very personal movie because I think it was written by David Diggs and his friend and they both star in the movie as well. So it's a, it's it's it kind of examines um, gentrification and what that means for for kind of these lower income communities and also examines like issues of identity and race and and whatnot and I think it's just an extremely fascinating exploration of that okay yeah I, I really hope I can check it out yeah 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 it, it should be on Hulu I think really I don't have Hulu at the moment um, yeah, if Peel Street could talk uh, a new movie from Barry Jenkins who directed moonlight and i thought i didn't like it as much as moonlight but i really liked it and it, I, it's there are clear directorial parallels with moonlight and but it's, it's clear he's still kind of developing refining his style this felt like a very poetic film stylistically um and i i absolutely loved his uses of light of color i love the music of the film i know i watched it with my uh family my mom thought it was very slow paced at times and i i can see why she would say that but uh, it didn't really bother me that much because it, it depends on how you're looking at it, in my opinion. If you're looking at it from like a plot perspective, I guess you could say it's low pace, but it's you have to just enjoy the little moments. Yeah, yeah. No, it, and, and that's, yeah, that's exactly why I loved Barry Jenkins's touch in this movie. He kind of, he kind of really hones in on these small moments and, and, and doesn't let go because he really wants you to feel the weight of every moment in, in the movie. And like... From like uh, just like a fleeting glance between uh, Tish and Fani, the the two main lovers of the movie, to like the interaction between uh, when Regina King's character Tish's mother goes to Puerto Rico to confront Fani's accuser, um, I think like Jenkins tries to find the small moments and hang hang on there to try and make you feel the weight of these moments and feel, you know, how important these moments are. Mm-hmm. But I, guess I I don't think the main actress was really good. Maybe really? a hot take. Okay. I thought I I thought there were some points in the movie where it felt a little too staged for me, like a little too artificial. Like the, it almost felt like a play at times and it felt it felt a little unnatural and, and maybe also the dialogue at times it would swing very dramatically between being too poetic to be natural and then being very like naturalistic but i was supposed to be as well written and i mean that, that was probably one of my bigger problems in the movie but i still really enjoyed it i mean i just the experience watching it was such a visually beautiful film yeah i think i mean i think the standout actress for me in this movie was regina king yeah, tish's yeah, mother um who fortunately won the golden globe for best support did she win for best supporting actress uh, i'm not sure I, I I if I remember correctly she did but um yeah I think she just gave a gave a really incredible and powerful performance there so yeah uh-huh. um for, for me though what stood out the most in this movie was the music the score oh, yeah. of this movie is the cello. absolutely you so you play cello I do play the cello it's the best instrument so <laughs> so um I, I kind of felt like you would love it but oh man this score is just absolutely beautiful it kind of i was listening it listening to it again uh, like yesterday and it just kind of carries this like it's so such a romantic score but also like extremely sorrowful like sad and um 
I think that like perfectly describes what the movie feels like, and I think as a score, it just is phenomenal. I, I know I was listening to one of my favorite reviewers, and he said he, one of the tracks he thought was used a little too much, a little too frequently in the film, and I, I can see that. I, I can maybe see that that, that could be a problem, but it didn't bother me too much. In part, maybe just because I'm a cellist, I don't know. But yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, and no, I, I kind of liked. I kind of liked it because I like kind of hearing those recurring themes happen again and again. And um, I think that's that's one of my main disappointments. Like, there's a lot of disappointments I have with the Golden Globes, but my major, major disappointment was that If Beale Street Could Talk was not even nominated for Best Score. Yeah, the, the nominations in general for the Golden Globes are pretty bad, especially like the Best Picture and stuff. It was like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. You kind of look at it and you're like, there, there's like such a great panel of movies that came out this year like you had a lot to choose from but you know you just it was just you know yeah um so what 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 other movies have you seen that that you thought were kind of forgotten by the golden globes Ugh. um forgot by the golden globes i mean i i, I can't or snubbed I'll, I'll pull up the nominations right now so i can see okay yeah and my answer will probably be most movies that i liked this year yeah. Um, so, I've I, I've seen a lot of like indie movies, like under the radar movies. Yeah, it's nice to live in a city. <laughs> yeah. So I I've kind of um my my perspective on the movies is is kind of skewed towards that. So I I can understand why the movies that I like weren't selected because they just didn't get as much of a following or as much of a viewership um, during their release. So. You know. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So for the drama category, the Golden Globes, they had Bohemian Rhapsody, which won. And I, based on everything I've read about it, I, I think I would not have even considered nominating it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Which is also funny because I mean, it's I, I guess it's not a musical, but it's like it's music heavy. Yeah. So I so I saw I saw Bohemian Rhapsody last night, and we were actually talking this right before we started recording. But I think the last. 30 minutes of Bohemian Rhapsody is really good. And it starts really like taking advantage of like the visual medium. The first two thirds of the movie, I just thought kind of, it it just tries to pack in so much with so little time. And I I, I think what I was saying was, I really wish Bohemian Rhapsody would have been three separate movies. And I don't say that a lot because, you know, like The Hobbit, splitting The Hobbit into three movies, that's, you know, absolutely one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. And I hate it when they split like, you know, big franchise movies into like two smaller movies. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. But for Bohemian Rhapsody, I really felt like they needed three distinct movies. One for like the early rise of Queen, second for Bohemian Rhapsody, the actual song and what that meant. And then the last is kind of what the film explores at the end with kind of the tension between the band members and Freddie um, struggling with his own identity and eventually finding out that he has AIDS. So, yeah, I, I really felt like it should have been split up into three movies. <laughs> yeah. So, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Bill Street Could Talk, Black Klansman, Black Panther. Uh, interesting pick. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, needless to say, I, I would not have had it picked for one of the best five films of the year. I, I understand. I mean, it's definitely, you know, an important film. But um, it, it's at the end of the day, it's it, to me, it's still a Marvel movie. It doesn't, it didn't, it didn't yeah. exceed or transcend 
the the merits of other Marvel movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. From from like a a film lover's perspective, in terms of we we really love like the cinematography and like like the artistic direction of movies, and I think yes, there was a lot of great artistic direction to Black Panther with like the costuming with some of the visuals, but I just didn't feel like it rose to the level as. Uh, other movies like like Sorry to Bother You or even Blind Spotting, um, but that being said, I think we also come from I guess a very privileged position um, because in the end, like Black Panther is so accessible to so many people, and having a movie that is one that accessible, uh, two which is a superhero movie nonetheless, and then having it with a black cast and a black led team. I think that's what really makes it stand out as as one of this year's top movies. Oh, I, I would say it's one of the most important movies of the year, and I could see yeah, it yeah. for being the the most important. But I mean, I, for as to your points, I would say the I wouldn't put it being a superhero movie and being accessible as two different points. I think superhero movies are always accessible, but certainly what uh, basically a, a blockbuster with the black, primarily black cast, and not only that, but it did incorporate some themes relative to oppression of, of black and less in the U.S., but across the world into into the film, which I thought was a, a really interesting move for a Marvel movie. But, um, yeah, yeah. And that, that was the one area to me where it stood out from, from other Marvel movies, besides, I guess, the, the race of the cast. But uh, at, at the end of the day, it, it still followed the Marvel formula very closely. It, it didn't have anything really great to me from a filmmaking standpoint that would, at least that would merited being one of the, the top five films of the year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 you know, still a fun movie. Um, and then, finally, A Star is Born, which... Have you seen it yet? I saw it, yeah. I, I really liked it. I I feel like when I was... I, w- I saw it recently, and I feel like I had heard a lot of people saying that they went to with high expectations and were disappointed. So I went in with low expectations, and my expectations were exceeded, frankly. I, I really enjoy it. I, again, I don't... I wouldn't say it's the best movie of the year or anything. I, I think there are sometimes there are maybe, maybe the wrong creative choices and it was a little over dramatic. But I, I liked Bradley Cooper's direction. I liked the performances. I I thought it was gonna be one of those things where Lady Gaga gives like an okay performance and everybody is praising her because like she's just a singer giving an acting performance. But it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think so. For the first like I think ten minutes of the movie, I think it was a little bit shaky. I don't know if those were like the first ten minutes that they shot. And she was just kind of getting into the groove. But after, after we, the movie moved past that, she became just really, really good throughout. Yeah, and Louise had some really great chemistry as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I can definitely see the argument where it, um, you know, it kind of hops hops all over the place in, in, in some areas. And there there are some slight pacing issues with it. So there's definitely a lot of criticisms to be made for the movie. But um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I Yeah. I think it has one of the most emotional cuts I've ever seen in a movie in it towards the end. Is it the final cut to her to the her face? No, 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 no. It's it's the final cut kind of like a flashback cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I liked that flashback cut. I just didn't like how during her performance it was playing. I wish it didn't play the the flashbacks during her performance and just showed her singing and then right before it ended would cut to him singing the final line uh. i think that to me i would have preferred that personally because i think showing the emotional flashbacks before and during while she's singing is kind of like an uh, a cheap way to elicit emotion it's borderline you know in the arms of an angel or whatever 
Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. Um, on the flip side, nominations for best musical or comedy. Oh, uh, wait, but, but, but oh, okay. before we oh, okay. hold on, right before we move on, it's still extremely, extremely commendable. Out of the five movies that were nom- nominated for best motion picture drama, three of them were had black led casts, and I think that's still extremely commendable to have. Yeah, I, I, although I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's by coincidence. I think they likely tried to have films that they saw as as diverse. Um, but 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 it's also great knowing that you know. Like, yes, it may have been them trying to be diverse, but uh, if you look at it, it doesn't necessarily feel like that because the movies that they nominated were still extremely good movies. Like, ex- mm. like objectively extremely mm. good movies. So. Black Panther, <laughs> I would not say, is objectively extremely good. Or objectively really good. <laughs> if it's not objective, Susan. There's one thing that I'm set on. It's that art is not objective. But, okay. Um, very true like very I mean true. if Black Panther just randomly popped out of the Marvel machine like you know five to ten years ago I do not think it would have gotten the same level of attention from critics especially after the what was the whole like Oscar so white or something yeah happened I think that was that, that was like around 2015 or so uh, yeah so uh, musical or comedy yeah uh, the winner Green Book I thought was very average it felt like a very standard by the book biographical drama and it felt a little too uh, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is uh basic with it, it, its themes. It was just like oh look. Well, so well, so I I haven't seen it yet, but um, I think one of our friends was telling what what did he say about it? He said it it, it gave the impression that race relations have been completely solved and now where racism is behind us. Woo. Yeah. And I yeah. I can see how someone would get that impression, especially like a lot of older people who go to see. Like my grandparents would go to see by like uh, biographical dramas, and they're like, "Oh, great! Now we can feel happy." It was just kind of a very regular feel-good movie. I didn't yeah. really see anything that would set it apart from other movies that are like it. Um, yeah, so yeah. It, it wasn't bad. It was just okay. Yeah. Um, crazy yeah. Rich Asians. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Asian, and like I enjoyed the movie. But I didn't feel like it was, like, best comedy worthy, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, I'm really glad they had um, an Asian cast on screen. But I think there are, there are quite a lot of movies out there that could have been placed into the best comedy category. Um, I guess to name a few, maybe... Um, eighth Grade. Eighth Grade, definitely. I was just looking at that. Um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? The Melissa McCarthy movie, where she's, like, a writer who forges letters to other writers to sell uh, to people who buy letters. Even Sorry to Bother You, honestly. Yeah, sorry, definitely Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like like some other movies, like, I, I'm happy that it's you know, a moment where a, a lot of members of the Asian American community, the Asian community, I guess, could, could come together and witness representation on, on the big screen in a way that it hasn't been seen often, if ever. Uh, but... um. I yeah I didn't think it was like I for at least as a comedy I didn't find it was that funny either and it wasn't I didn't think it was because there are a lot of jokes that like I could I didn't get because they were maybe jokes related to Asian culture I didn't get I thought they were they're just regular dumb jokes a lot of the time and I was just like I, I think maybe one or two made me smile but that was really it yeah yeah no I I I mean I felt I felt similarly like I I thought it was. I thought it was a well-made movie. I thought it was well put together. The story was good, but you know, I, I didn't find it to be especially uh, an special standout of this year. Uh, yeah, and 
I mean, if you look at if you look at the director's work, like every other movie he's made hasn't bad, and his best reviewed movie is like Justin Bieber's whatever it's called movie, and I'm like, <laughs> hmm, okay, like I I enjoyed it, I guess, but and then I thought I also thought the music in the movie was like the score was like a horrible score. That's something I I usually don't notice when a score is bad, but the score actually like took me out of the movie. It was like oh quite bad. <laughs> I didn't notice it, and um, it was all I can say is like it, it's. It sounds a little stock music at times. The way I describe it is there are certain scores that in movies that almost sound like they belong in the background of like a Sims video game. Like they sound almost a little like <laughs> playful in a way that just seems yeah. like dumb. And that's me the crazy rich Asians. And yeah. Uh, what else about it? Uh, I have something else to say. I forgot. Well, moving uh, on then. Okay. <laughs> What's the next one? Um, the favorite. The now. favorite. If there's one movie that deserves to be oh in this category, gosh. it is. That was... Oh. Yeah, I mean, Yorgos Lanthimos, as, as you know, is, is one of my favorite directors. I would say he may be my favorite working director. The only one... The only other people who could come close would be the Coen brothers and, and uh, Steve McQueen. But um, he's just making great movie after great movie. And I love his style. And he's he's he cl- clearly has... Uh, uses similar elements in each of his films. But I would still say the favorite Killing of Sacred the Lobster are different films they're each their own genre. Um, the favorite, I'd say, is even more of a departure. And um, I've, I think I've loved like everything I've seen him do. And he got fantastic performances from all three leads. And oh, like another thing that I was going to say about Crazy Rich Asians, this is a, this is a comparison point. Is like how towards the end of Crazy Rich Asians, one of the the characters who she I think she cheated on her husband, and then no, her no, her husband cheated on her, and then she he was mad at her for like not getting mad at him or something because she didn't want to make a scene, and then she said. Basically, she, I guess she had been spending on, like, luxurious items, and he was making her bad about it, and he was like, you don't make me feel bad, this is my money. And then she gave, basically, it was a speech about her being, you know, a strong, independent woman. You know, that's, it's, there's nothing wrong with somebody being, you know, a character being that way, but it felt like the movie was just, like, asking for applause from the audience at that moment in the way the speech was delivered. It just, it felt so on the nose and, and cheap and undeserved and... It was. It was. Are, 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 you, are you talking about the? Are you talking about his mother? The no, the no, guy, no. Like... Um, one of is like the woman who had her like fashion line or something. Oh, and she breaks oh, up with her husband yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And it felt like the movie instead of developing the character was just saying, "This is what the character is. Feel good about it." I see. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just yeah, it was just poor writing for me. And whereas on the flip side, the the favorite. I don't think it delivers any clear. Obviously, there are you know some underlying themes are related to feminism, but it's not ever really clear. It's not you know the movie doesn't make its position clear, and obviously there there is an LGBTQ element to the movie, but I think the the characters more or less use their sexuality as a means to an end rather than uh, exploring their sexuality for its own sake. And I just I thought it was a fascinating movie, and I I really wanted to rewatch it. Themes aside, I thought. Visually, it was a, f- a fantastic movie. I-, I love his visual style. I-, I can definitely see why it's getting very limited comparisons or Kubrick comparisons. And uh, I love his use of music. I think he just always knows the right piece to pick for a particular scene. And it was funny. Not I didn't find it funny as Lobster, but it was still funny for me. I, I know you found it hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I. so we were talking about this in terms of... So I, I kind of saw it uh, at, like a, at an early screening-ish type place. And um, the theater that I went to was this kind of like small 
theater with one screen and the theater was absolutely packed like we were standing outside the doors for like an hour or two hours that day just waiting like it was like freezing and we were standing outside and just waiting to get in everybody was there to really enjoy the movie and so like when any of the jokes came the entire theater was in laughter like it was i thought it was absolutely hilarious in in that sense but also like kind of on the flip side of that i can also see like a very like creepy element to the movie where there's a lot of very creepy men still trying to like impose their hands on top of on top of the women but in the end, I feel like the the movie was very female centric still, and that um, it in in a sense the, the the men in the movie played a very much secondary role. Like the men were, were the ones that were being played, and the women were the ones doing the playing. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, that that was the easily deserved winner of that category, but alas, it did not win. Then we have uh, Mary Poppins Returns, which is just. <laughs> It was. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it was. It was. It existed. My family loved it. I, I didn't love it. Like I, I was. I was way more impacted by the very brief little occasional musical references to motifs from the original than any of the songs in the new one. And it felt like a lot of ways like they were trying to make the original again without remaking it. I guess it's a weird way of saying it. I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. But like, yeah, it hits all the same beats. It feels like each new song is kind of a stand-in for one of the original songs. And I just wasn't horrible or anything. It was just, it was fine. That was it. I don't have much to say on it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. And also, it was probably a hot tape, but I haven't even seen the original yet. So, Susa. Yeah, now, it's, it's quite on. blasphemous. Come on. It's the original. I mean, I haven't seen the original in years and years, but I, I loved it. It was probably one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, and then the last one. Vice. Uh, which I, I really enjoyed. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I really like Adam McKay's comedic style. At least, I don't know, I haven't seen all of his stuff, but I really like The Big Short. I, to me, it's a, it's a nice way of kind of breaking free from traditional ways of telling a biographical drama, or I guess, I guess in this case, dramedy. Like, the little Shakespearean part was fun. And it's like, it doesn't... It, again, you, 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 you just can't let yourself take the film too seriously. Um, yeah. Did, did you did you see like the uh, post credit stuff that yeah. he put in there at the end? Like he, from the very beginning, he like very makes it very clear that this is very much an opinionated, going to be a very biased view of um, Dick Cheney's life, right? So um, I think if you look at the movie as a piece of entertainment, it's really funny and it does a good job. But if you try and view it as like some pieces of like historical yeah, stories, it's, it's just hard to know how accurately it hits the mark. And so I'm, I'm more judging it as just a movie rather than a, a, a political film. And as a comedy, I thought it was great. And I think still, but it, it still illuminated some things about, you know, uh, politics, you know, whatever, 15 years back that were interesting. And I thought the performance of Becker Bell was great. I thought Amy Adams was great. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so I thought that, I don't know if it was like a, an intentional artistic choice or comedic choice, but Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, he develops such a complex character in Dick Cheney, right? Like we get to see so many different sides of the of, of who Cheney was, uh, what drives him. But then like a majority of the rest of the characters are pretty one dimensional, like, um, is it Steve Carell playing Rumsfeld? Rumsfeld is just yeah. kind of yeah, just kind of like a very one-dimensional type of you know guy, and then like Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush, 
which I thought was absolutely great. Like, I would watch a Veep-style TV series with Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. <laughs> and the whole narrator character is interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think if you go into it having already established your feelings about Dick Cheney, then it's likely the movie will not change your feelings, and your opinion the movie will be impacted heavily by your feelings towards Dick Cheney. But, uh, yeah, it's still a fun movie. And talking about, talking about, like, interesting ways to present historical movies, I think, so this year, there was, like, a very interesting um, documentary slash um, non-documentary movie. I don't know if you've heard of it, American Animals. I've heard of it, but I didn't get to see it. Yeah, it was about these college students who go and try and steal, like, these rare books from their library's rare book collection. And it, it's like, in one sense, it's a do- documentary. And then in another sense, it's like a, a retelling with actual actors. But I thought they mixed the documentary, like, interviews with the actual people who are involved with the um, reenactment. They mixed it very well. And I thought it was a very interesting take on that. So would recommend it to, to take a look. Mm-hmm. Um. What else do we have? So I think that that kind of wraps up most of the, the all the the best picture nominees for the Golden Globes. But just other random movies. Okay, a movie that I thought was fairly overlooked was a Suspiria. Okay, yeah. Um, which I I I mean I love me a, a good psychological thriller, and I I loved the the directorial style in this movie as well. Uh, the way the camera moves was so interesting, and I liked the performances. That the dance sequences were mesmerizing. Um, the ending. I mean, maybe it was a little too over the top for me. I don't. I don't know. And his use of slow motion was very weird. I don't know how I feel about it. And but and then I thought, thematically, its reach its reach may have exceeded its grasp a little because he doesn't just go into themes related to femininity and motherhood, but he also goes into post war Europe, and that might have been he might have biting off a little more than he could chew there. But I hadn't seen Luca Guadagnino movie before. Uh, Calling by your name, and I thought this movie was not better. I would say it was certainly more ambitious, and it was. I think it'll make for a more interesting second viewing. Although I really like both movies. Yeah, we were very excited because it was directed by Luca Guadagnino from Call Me By Your Name. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm just... Guadagnino. Um, but uh, I absolutely loved Call Me By Your Name. And I think the aesthetic that he brings and the atmosphere that he brings to that movie was absolutely amazing. So I have yet to see Suspiria, but um, I'm, I'm still very excited to go give it a chance and see it. Um, one comedy that I thought was very much overlooked this year as well is the death of stalin so this came out like in february yeah I and it is it. hilarious it is so 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 funny um i i but maybe it's because i just really love like political comedies and, and the way that they like play on politics but i i thought it was one of the funniest movies i saw <laughs> uh another overlooked movie for me, uh, you were never really here. Yes, yes. I thought that's one of the best movies of the year for me. I, again, that came out pretty early this year, but I don't think stylistically I, I had ever seen anything quite like it. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was great visually; it was really beautiful. Um, it, it was such. An, I, I think it, it, the the way the film is structured is so interesting. That the rhythm of the film it, it deliberately tries to throw you off frequently. Yeah, and it's I've I've never seen a film edited that way before. What 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 else did this director do? I think we need to talk about Kevin. Okay, but yeah, I I think I really want to revisit this movie, and it's and there's a lot to take apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's so well paced. Like yes, it's kind of 
a slower movie, but like you never really feel that slowness in the yeah, movie. The, you know? the editing is so bizarre, but it's like made with such intent. Like yes, it, it, yes. it really opens up the film thematic- thematically as well. Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix is just just absolutely amazing. And it's a fiction of violence. It's really interesting. A lot of violence happens off screen and such, and it, it, there are these cuts between the violence. It was it was really interesting. Um, another violent movie. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. was a blast. That was a blast. That, the, that was quite enjoyable. The, I, I love the Coen Brothers so much, and this felt 100% Coen Brothers. The first the story with, Ballad, uh, with Buster Scruggs was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I liked all of them to different degrees. I wasn't a huge fan of the James Franco one. I thought the, the caravan trail one went on a little too long for me. I really liked the one... With Liam Neeson, the the meal ticket yes, one. Yes, yes, that was that, that was probably my fate, one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I tend to like darker stuff, so I like that. Yeah, one. yeah. And then I like Buster Scruggs, which really wasn't that dark. And then I liked, I like the final one a lot as well. Although I wish it was a bit a, a bit longer. The one where they're in the carriage. Yeah, the the, the group people and they're on their way to a. a hotel yeah, I guess for for me, once it started hitting that last one, I started feeling the the length, length yeah, yeah, of the movie kicking. Yeah, to me that was. I I wish they had taken out ten minutes of the previous one. Yeah, because the the previous one was like really long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was. The, I wish the previous one was less long because I wasn't getting as much out of it personally. Yeah, I also feel like so. I also feel like they should have re restructured like which one went where because they had the first one, Buster Scruggs, which was which was kind of a lighthearted, funny one. They and they had the James Franco one, which was also pretty lighthearted and funny. But then the rest of them were all kind of very serious. Yeah, there's the there's the gold miner one, the gold panner. Which was number yeah, four, but still, I think. that was that was kind of still that was kind of serious because you know the themes that it dealt with and stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I still really enjoy it, and I think I think each movie, I mean each each segment isn't doesn't have like a ton to speak about on its own, but really when looked at in its totality, the movie is really interesting, um, and some really great performances in the movie. Um, the writing was fantastic. I, I think the way they're just able to write dialogue is really, I don't know if it's like, you know, accurate dialogue from that period, but it just feels so fresh and fun and idiosyncratic. I, I, I don't know if I could ever write the way they wrote the character of Buster Scruggs. Like his, his dialogue is so snappy and his character is so fun and interesting. Like it's just really sublime writing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, another one that, that might've just, might have been overlooked is um the old man and the gun i did not with see it robert redford or supposedly his last movie um but i thought it was i, I quite liked it uh, the director was the uh, director of um, ghost story a ghost ghost story dragon, yeah. which we really love yeah. with that 10 minute pie eating scene which is <laughs> probably some of the best 10 minutes of pie eating i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life <laughs> but yeah no it, it was it, it was I, I thought it was really well made um it, it like i i can see why like it it didn't win the awards or it didn't get get awards but i think um it's it's definitely worth a watch it's not like fantastic fantastic but it's worth a watch it has a very like vintage feel to it like feels very like it could have been made in like the 80s or the 90s mm-hmm. yeah I, I hope i can get around to watch it i just haven't yet uh first reformed yes i love me a good i I love my religious dramas and this yeah was not a disappointment to me i i think i think the ending for me made the movie as well i really love the ending i think my my biggest problem with the movies i think was uh kind of like um sorry about you it was a little too heavy-handed with its themes and i i I was talking about this like even though i agree with you know some of the, the messages of the film 
Uh, I, I felt it would have been interesting if the, the themes related to environmental environmentalism were viewed more as a part of a, a character falling apart rather than something true that the character was like finally realizing. And because it made it seem like the movie was a little too preachy for my taste, even though I agreed with what it was saying. But I thought it was still a great performance, and I I really liked the style of it. I, I liked the writing. I really liked the ending. Um, and yeah yeah i know i agree with you um in that uh because i thought it it felt like it was leaning a little too much on the environmentalism but i think that there should i think the environmentalism is just like a, a metaphor for something but i i definitely agree with you in the sense that i wish that the environmentalism was used a little differently instead of just like a, a message that he was trying to deliver it was used as like a a part of the character's development throughout the throughout the movie and Ethan Hawke is always a always a pleasure to watch on screen. Uh, did you see Bandersnatch? No, I didn't see. I haven't seen it yet. But I, I didn't think it was like amazing, but it was. I got. I'd recommend it. It's a very unique movie watching experience. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept. Um, what else do I really like? Um, so talking about Ethan Hawke, actually, he came out with a movie this year called Blaze, about like this Texas singer songwriter Blaze Foley who is often overlooked in the history books. I thought it was a very well-made movie. I, I'm not sure if it's his directorial debut or just like, just he hasn't made a movie in a long time and this was one of the first movies he made in a long time, but I thought he did a really good job making that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I, I don't know if I've heard it. I've probably heard of it, but I, I don't know anything, anything about it besides what you just said. Um, uh, a Netflix movie that I watched that I enjoyed called Private Life. Yes. Um, Stylistically, I think it was fairly minimalistic. It was pretty straightforward in the way it was told, but it was still uh, a moving story. I thought it was really well acted with Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn. Um, yeah, just kind of a slice of life movie that I thought was was really good. I don't think yeah. there's anything that to me was like me necessarily stand out from other films. It was just it, it did its job and it was really great. Yeah, it came up on a lot of the best of the year lists, and so that it got me intrigued. It got me intrigued. Um, another one, The Sisters Brothers, another western. Didn't see it. Ah. Uh, I thought it was quite good. I went to see it on a night where I was very, very tired. So I didn't feel like I got the full effect of the movie. But it's directed by a French director, so it felt very French. But also like a very well-made Western. So uh, just for me, the first shot of the movie, the first scene of the movie is a shootout in the dark. And all you can see is the light of the guns flashing and it's absolutely beautiful scene i it was yeah mm -hmm. um well so this is lower on my list but uh hereditary i know a lot of people really loved it um i i didn't love it i, I thought thematic i know what he was trying to go for thematically and it, it worked but i didn't think it was anything really innovative it, to me it, it felt like i mean at its best it was certainly really good i, I loved the way there was one shot in particular that I really liked that was supposed to be kind of like a reveal of a character who was standing in the dark or who was in the darkness that was really cool and that was clever. I, I think at times it felt funny where it shouldn't have, like, I'm not going to say it, but when a, cer a certain character dies unex very unexpectedly, it was very macabre, but the way it happened was almost a little amusing to me. And it was still, uh, to me, it just felt a little too much like Rosemary's Baby, that it didn't really feel like its own original thing. Um, but it was it was still good. Yeah. Well, I heard that it was good because it was one of the scariest movies that, that have come out in recent years. I mean, I'm someone who scares easy when it comes to horror movies, and I... No, same here. There were some moments, but I didn't think it was, like, horrifying. Um, and a, uh, one movie that I want to mention, A Private War, with Rosamund yeah. Pike. Wow. 
Um, she was nominated for Best Actress. Eventually, I think Glenn Close won Best Actress for The Wife. I hadn't seen that. So out of the ones that I had seen, I really thought Rosamund Pike should be acknowledged for having one of the best performances this year. She completely changes herself to be this person who's... Uh, so it's about this um, journalist, wartime journalist, who goes into into places of war to try and ca- uh, uh, write the stories. And um, she, yeah, she just completely transforms herself into a completely different character. And I mean, almost like probably on par with um, Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. And a lot of the times when actors that completely transform themselves into a certain characters. I feel like just like the way that they talk and other things can sometimes feel a little forced. But with her, it was completely natural. She was unrecognizable. I remember when I first saw the trailer for the movie, I was like, who is that? And they were like, Rosamund Pike. And I'm like, really? Really? So she's, yeah, she did an amazing job in, in that movie. <laughs> um, what else? Let me see. Oh, the documentary. I know you like this one. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh yeah, that was that was very nice. Yeah, like nothing, nothing that was like super special from a from a filmmaking standpoint, but it was just you know, it was a nice movie to watch with the family. Yeah, it's it's very kind of brings you. It's a very nostalgic movie, and it's a nice exploration of a of the, of Mister Rogers, a beloved person. Yeah, uh, but not not too too much to talk about. I think it's generally it's it's hard to dislike. I think everybody who saw it kind of likes it. But uh, another documentary was uh, RBG. I thought it was a really well-made documentary about um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so Ruth Bader Ginsburg is an amazing woman in her own right. I really loved the love story between Ruth and her, or Justice Ginsburg and her husband, and like how he was supportive of her on her rise to the top. And um, also just an extremely interesting look on how did Justice Ginsburg get to where she's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're coming out with also the new uh, biographical drama about her, the uh, biopic uh, on the basis of sex, right? Yeah. To me, I, I'm not too excited for that. To me, it looks a little uh, like, like a typical biopic, but I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, mid-90s. Mid-90s. Uh, that was fun. It was a nice, small little movie. Um, yeah, I saw that um, at, at, at a small little theater. They brought in the kid actors who starred in the movie. They were all really nice kids. And yeah, it was just a really, the, those those child actors I thought were really great. And like, I think Jonah Hill did a, an amazing job as this was the first movie he's ever directed. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, and it was funny. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and it was also moving and yeah. Um, another one. So one of the most emotional movies that I saw this year um, that I, that I really loved was called uh, Leave No Trace. I didn't see it. So it, it, it it's all about this girl and her father who they've lived kind of in the woods and off the land for a long time. And then they're kind of tried to be brought back into society and kind of it, it's it's a really deep exploration on the relationship between the girl and her father and also kind of like a coming of age movie for the girl. So it's. It's. I, I thought it was a, a really emotional, really well-made movie. Probably one of my favorites this year. And speaking of coming-of-age girl movies, eighth grade since we didn't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Great debut from Bo Burnham. Uh, it was funny. 
It was well-directed. It was moving. It was. I thought the performance was really fantastic. Yeah, Elsie Fisher knocks it out of the park on this one. And like, I know like everybody who saw it, who I know, loved it. And it's, it's not hard to see why. Yeah, and it, it explores kind of the darker side of, of things, you know? Like, you really feel that uncomfort and cringe like in there and like yeah i thought it was really well made and really does a good job exploring a lot of themes kind of surrounding growing up and this age of media it was really well written it felt very natural Mm -hmm. like all the dialogue and stuff uh annihilation came out earlier this year yeah yeah Um, i didn't i didn't love it but i thought i i think it was a little all over the place for me and some of the characters weren't very well developed and felt kind of one-dimensional but uh and some of the visual effects were a little off, but certainly the um, the ending was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, it um, was it was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I, yeah. Um, I think people who I've talked to who've seen it, they've all been kind of just like blown away by 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 the ending, and then also the uh, the bear, the bear scene. Oh my gosh, that bear, so creepy, so creepy. <laughs> um, one movie that I really liked that came out this year was disobedience i didn't see it stars rachel weiss and rachel rachel mcadams i think um so it's basically about this woman who grew up in uh in this jewish community and um when she came out as as gay she was kind of shunned from the community and so the movie kind of focuses on her returning to this community many years later after the death of her father, I think. And it's such a well-made movie and um, well-acted and really explores kind of these uh, th- these themes of, like, LGBTQ in, like, a more conservative community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been on my watch list forever, but I haven't gotten around to it. Um, a movie that I think you liked, so we're getting towards the end of my, my list now. This I haven't going in any particular order, but this is probably my favorite, my real like top five favorites of the year shoplifters yeah yeah so i, I told you before so i i saw the first Coriata movie i saw was uh, our little sister which came out i think two years ago or 2016 and i wasn't a huge fan of it i thought it was kind of forgettable and bland and so i didn't have high hopes going to this one but i and i think watching it, it it felt kind of like our little sister but then it grew on me more as i was watching it and it was more interesting to me and uh and then the ending happened and then i just felt really moved and i think the more i think about it the more i like it all it has all these really really beautiful raw moments scattered throughout the film there's these little touches that really uh add to the character development and it's just this quiet slice of life that really works for me on so many levels yeah i won't get into it too much because we really wanted to actually make um our first podcast about roma and shoplifters kind of talking about both of them and exploring the family dynamics within them. But uh, so we'll, we'll save that discussion for a later date. But yeah, I just really loved it. And like, I loved the 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 visuals of the movie and also kind of the, the tragedy of, of it all. And it's oh, such a beautiful movie. Then same for Roma, which was also visually stunning. Um, yes. Al- Alfonso Cuaron did his own cinematography. Uh, it looked great. Some of the long takes were really impressively done. Yeah. Um, and it must have been very hard, very hard to coordinate, I thought. The, the the lead actress, she didn't really have... She, she was very you know quiet throughout the film, but she still did a good job. And um, yeah, it was a really powerful movie. I, 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 I think it may even be like a little overrated, but I, I still really, really liked it. Um, yeah. um, another, another really gorgeous movie, maybe not as 
great as as uh, Shoplifters in Roma uh, was Wildlife, um, which came out this year. It has uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in directed it, directed by Paul Dano, right? Yeah, directed by Paul Dano, and um, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Like it's shot out in um, I forget where, but it's like out in the Midwest. United States where there's mountains and stuff and some of the shots in that movie were just absolutely gorgeous. So I don't I didn't think like the story the story itself I didn't think um I, I, I saw some problems with it, but I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So so far I haven't really been going in any particular order. So but I'd say if I had to pick some of my favorites for the year, like would be the favorite uh Ballad of Buster Scruggs, first reformed shoplifters, those are probably my favorites, but then I would say, independent from that, the the movie that I was the the, the best film of the year in terms of its you know, artistic merit, which I know we've talked about and disagreed about, was uh, the other side of the wind. Uh, oh this yeah, is the final yeah. film I'm going to talk about. I think uh, the it sounds weird to say, but the new film by Orson Welles, um, and I thought you know it's all the various parts of the film's footage have been scattered across the world for for decades, and now it's finally uh, come together. And it, it's so interesting on so many levels, not uh, both stylistically and thematically. I, I I just kept on thinking about this film long after I watched it. I need, I need to watch it again. I think it's I think each time I watch, it's going to bring something new. And it's it's uh, at least I could be wrong, but it seems to be a, a satirical French New Wave film inside a satirical meta mockumentary. And the, it was just and it was so just interesting to watch unfold and it really felt like an experience that I hadn't had with other uh, any other movie in the same way before and clearly it, it's just so meta and has so many things that it, it, so many connections to to Orson Welles who almost feels like a character in real life in a sense and he feels like a character in the story even though he's you know always behind the camera and uh, I I really can't wait to watch it again it has a lot to say if I think about Hollywood about being an artist, about the passage of time and, and failure and fame. But it said these, and obviously these topics have all been explored on their own quite a bit, but it, it explored each of them in its own really unique way. And something that's a way that's, it was one, funny. I thought it was, I thought it was a really funny movie. And, and two, uh, I thought really tragic. Um, and there is this quiet tragedy about it all, especially if you look at the, the real life parallels to the film. And to me, to me, that's if, if I had to pick like a film of the year, I think this would be it. But I, and also it, it says because if it's on all this, you know, it's this this Asian director who can't complete his film, but then it's completed by in, in the real life, you know, this uh, the new streaming service and stuff, and it's just it's it's really interesting, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's a fascinating it's a, it's a fascinating film with it's and very thought provoking. Yeah, I'd really recommend watching um the. Uh, companion documentary i guess they'll love me when i'm yes, dead first yes I, I watched it first and i think that set me up well for the movie i think you understand some of the references the movie's making more definitely definitely but some of what some elements of the movie i think will only ever be known to orson Welles, and i i almost like it that way you know i was thinking uh, a movie that you might like that i watched this year um tully oh yeah yeah it's been on my watch list yeah with the uh, charlize their their own um i think you'd really really enjoy it it was uh, I, I thought it was a, a very interesting movie about kind of looking at motherhood and and stuff, but it it definitely has a, a darker element in there. So I I, I won't say anything else because you definitely need to go into that movie with a blank slate. Um, 
talking about, I guess, visually stunning movies and one of some of our favorites of the year, my probably one of my absolute favorites this year is Mandy, the <laughs> Nicolas Cage revenge flick. Um, just two words, chainsaw battle. It was absolutely wild. I really want to see it. I don't know if I'll love it, but I know I'm going to have a really interesting time watching it. Yeah, no, I like I'm not entirely sure if you should be either extremely high while watching it or extremely sober while I'm watching it, you know? <laughs> it's just like it's 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 a wild wild ride. Um highly recommended. <laughs> um let's see what else. I guess I have a smattering of like indie movies that I saw this year that were that were pretty great. Um, I'll, I'll just go through some of them. Prospect, which was this like low budget sci fi western movie, uh, really well made, has um, stars Pedro Pascal. Uh, so I think that that's um, that that that's a really well made um, movie, especially if you like uh, kind of space westerns and and stuff like that. Uh, another one was Summer 1993. This is kind of like an autobiographical movie, uh, but I thought it was a very intimate look at, you know, this kid who's um, growing up, uh, she, she's lost her parents, and how does she deal with, you know, growing up and with essentially different parents now? She has to try and integrate into a new family. Uh, another one is... I saw recently called The Writer, which was really interesting uh, because this director, she was like looking for her next movie to make and she knew this guy who had worked with her in this her previous movie and he had this incident at, at a uh, rodeo that kind of put a stop in his rodeo career. So she then decided to make a movie centered around him with him as the actor and like his family acting in it as well, and his real life friends acting in it, and it's, I it, it's really well made. It's um and really emotional. Uh, so yeah. Uh, finally, one last comment uh, of of one last torrent of movies is uh the Bo- twenty eighteen boy trilogy <laughs> as I've named it uh-huh. um with a uh, beautiful boy boy erased and then ben is back they're kind of like three movies that like all kind of sounded like they were the same thing but actually not so um personally i like boy erased the best then beautiful boy and then ben is back i didn't think ben is back was actually that great yeah i haven't seen any of them i'm I'm certainly more excited for boy erased it it seems the job is that is the best of the three yeah Boy, Boy Erased is definitely uh, a, a very interesting movie about uh, gay conv- conversion therapy and really explores that. So I, I really liked it. Beautiful Boy was interesting, um, but I think there was just th- there was a disconnect between translating the book to film. You know, uh, I think the performances were excellent, the visuals were excellent, but I think there was just something went wrong when translating that book story into a into a screenplay yeah but overall that's that's 2018 in film yeah 2018 in film yeah any any other thoughts any um great oscars predictions how about wait i'm hoping we can get in another episode before the oscars since that's like a month away right oh yeah yeah yeah. because i really want to have time to not just to talk about the oscar predictions but the oscars themselves as a as an institution in hollywood um 
the Oscars in 2019 are uh, February 24th. So we got okay, a perfect. month and a half. You got plenty of time. All right, so stay tuned for our Oscars predictions. Yeah. We'll probably wait for the actual nominations to come out, and then we'll, we'll try and... Um, talk about those when they come out yeah that's my thoughts on 2018 movies hopefully we can hopefully between now and the next episode we can catch up on the movies that we missed out on seeing okay what's the one what's one movie that you haven't seen that you want to see more than any other that came out in 2018 i can uh shoot i think actually two of them um hereditary and suspiria because i i just from you i've heard a lot about suspiria and from uh critics i've heard a lot about hereditary and I, i want to see those and then also um a private life since that just came up on a lot of the best of the year lists and um really flew under my radar so i'm i, I really want to check that out for me it's probably burning uh i've heard great yes. things about it from those who've seen it and their viewers i i follow the most really loved it and it seems the kind of movie that i would like it it won it got a lot of attention at can film yes. festival and i know i'm going to duke a screening it uh yeah high school screening it kind of soon oh, so i can't wait to see it so and, jelly yeah um I, I think um, one of the local theaters around here is 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 actually p- finally playing it now. Dude, so I'll, go see I'll it. try and do it. I'll, I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's um. Oh wait, right before we end, one more, one more movie because you know. <laughs> okay. Y- you, we just have to let it in, but it's called uh, "Let the Sunshine In." Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. With um, Juliette Binoche. Mm-hmm. Is that Binoche? Juliette Binoche. But it's just fantastic movie on look exploring love in like the middle of your life essentially so i it was really well made it's a french movie but a really well made really lovely movie okay yeah all right there we have it i think that was uh, a fun first episode hopefully also between now and the next episode we can figure out a name for this yeah Uh, yeah <laughs> well, yeah. well, something. Well, yeah. So I, Before I, we upload this, we'll figure out a name. Yes, I, and I think the target audience for next episode is like ten thousand listeners. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you enjoyed hearing us talk, um, please make a donation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this this podcast. I think is literally um, just like two friends who just really love film and just really wanted to keep talking about film. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what this is going to be. Yeah. All right. See you all next time. Okay. See you guys.